football heavy podcast from Heavy Inc. He's Matt. I'm Ant. We're here to talk about football. So did you watch the Hall of Fame game? Only highlights. Oh, God. <laughs> okay, so aside from the Chase Claypool catch and a strip sack from... A lot of batted balls. The highlights were a lot of batted balls. And not much else. Not much else. Uh, I was surprised to see as many starting Steelers on the field as, as there were. You know, the first, what, three drives? Um, but uh, the Dallas, Dallas to put anyone out there. And I, I don't mm-hmm. blame them. What's the point? No. What's the point of getting anyone hurt that matters? Um, but I, I don't know. I mean, what do you take from that? Nothing, right? Chase nah. Claypool looks like a playmaker. Everybody knew that already. If the dude gets the opportunity, he's going to be fantastic, right? In the right system, right uh, quarterback, probably in the right offense because you can't um, – the Steelers are in a, in a unique spot because they have poss- – I don't think they have three number one wide receivers. I think they have three, like – superior number two wide receivers and their offense last year showed that um with the way that they spread it around i mean i think all three of those guys had over 80 targets right probably more i i don't know offhand i mean schuster had like 140 targets so um a lot of low quality targets post uh ben roethlisberger yeah but he still had like i think he had like 100 catches Right, you know, like Juju, Juju did. If he was probably he, somewhere ninety to hundred, I would say ninety to hundred. Deontay Johnson wasn't far behind him, and Claypool had much, excuse me, much less catches, but way more big plays than either of them. Um, but like, you, if you were to scheme Claypool out of a game, right, you got to assume that uh, they're going to take advantage of that with Johnson and, and Smith Schuster, and that's um, that's probably going to uh, work to all three of their favors, but. Um, from a fantasy standpoint, makes all three of them very suspect. And we haven't even mentioned James James Washington, who's a player that you were high on post ABs, uh, you know, leaving the team. I was, and I he's, don't, I don't since he's currently on the roster. He's on the roster, but he has requested a trade. He oh, was, okay. I think, I'm pretty sure he was dressed. Uh, actually, he, I think he ran some routes. I think he played some snaps. Um, but he has requested a trade. Who could blame him? And he had um, a less significant role, but he was productive last year in this offense that petered out, what, by December completely. Oh. You could see the wheels coming off in November, but they, they seemed to maintain it by December. It was over. But I think they may have solved the problem a little bit. They still have a meh O-line, um, but – they had no I real, don't even know about that because they, they had no running threat. No, the no, pa- no, no pa- line's not solved. Najee Harris might solve their problem. He might, but what? Pouncey left, right? He Pouncey retired. I think so. Yes. Villanueva is on the Ravens, and that other guard retired, and that other yeah, DeCastro. right? Um, so and they were you're talking about replacing three high starters, and yeah, one you know Pouncey was a Pro Bowler. DeCastro, DeCastro was, a- was a Pro Bowler. Villanueva was a competent starter definitely i think he made a pro bowl but i wouldn't <laughs> shit but I, I wouldn't call him the same level of pouncy or no uh, de castro um what even when they had marcus gilbert at right tackle they haven't had good tackles well villanueva has been in and out of the lineup but they they haven't had a good right tackle in what two or three years and then ramon foster was there when Le'Veon bell was having his big years he's gone i actually i have no idea who's going to start on the sealers offensive line um but Najee Harris is going to be running behind them, and, and I think the threat of that alone will um, cause 
what, defenses to cheat up a little bit on first and second down, and that might be enough to make, uh, what, Schuster and Johnson um, keep them honest. I, time will tell. If Roethlisberger's got noodle arm again, you know, nothing's going to save them. But um, I think the Steelers are a team that they've got everything. If they've got a quarterback, they've got everything. And no one's talking about them. And all they did was win their first 13 games last year. Oh, my God. Yeah. Right. You know, and it, it, it's funny because, yeah, they started out so hot, and then by the end of the year, they were no threat at all. No, it wasn't. It was a little surprising to see the Browns beat them, but when you watch the game, like if you would just set it in a vacuum, Browns beat the Steelers. But really, that's surprising. But if you watch that game, the Browns were coming off of two months of good momentum, and the Steelers were on a steep uh, decline. Yeah. It, it's really not surprising at all, um, even though every Steeler fan you ever talked to uh, bragged the entire week leading up to that game that uh, the Browns can't beat them. Hmm. Haven't beat them since like 1996 or some. Woof. Some, yeah, some untrue bullshit, but you know, um, they've certainly had their number. So. Oh my God. You know, I was actually, I forgot that Ben played most of the season last year. I believe he played every game I but was, the last game. I was confusing last year with the year before when it was Mason Rudolph and then it was Duck Hodges who filled in in his absence. So I was wrong about that, even though, I mean, late in the season, they, it felt like their passing game was like throwing at the sticks every time. Oh, I'm sorry, you talked about last year or two years ago? Last year. I mean, Especially at the end of the season. Roethlisberger looked almost as lost as Mason Rudolph by the time December rolled around. Mm. They certainly had That's no, why I got it confused. Right, yeah. They, they, they certainly had no good uh, offensive output by the end of the season. Um, but they also had no running game, and that's hard to ignore. James Conner, whatever, you know, lightning in a bottle he caught a couple of years ago is long gone. The backups that they have, uh, oh, I'm drawing a blank. Um, Jalen Samuels, the converted tight end. Great change of pace guy, right? But he doesn't. He was a converted tight end. Yeah, in college he played tight end, not never in the NFL. Although he may have come out as an undrafted free agent listed as a tight end, but he's never played wow. significant snaps as a tight end. He's been a running no. back, obviously. Uh, the Steelers have put him to good use, but he's not a starter. You, you can't get, um, you can't expect starters uh, output out of him. Najee Harris uh, can do everything. They people assume because he's big, he doesn't catch. He can catch. So it just becomes a oh, matter yeah. of um, what can they block enough for him, and and can he stay healthy, and can they scheme to to play to his strengths? But other than what running past people in space, what strength hasn't Najee Harris shown? Right, he theoretically should step right into a modern day Jerome Bettis role into this offense. Um, I, I mean, Pittsburgh's dangerous, but that, that whole division, San Cincinnati, is uh, very, very good. So uh, I guess if I was being a realist, the Steelers would still be the third best team behind Baltimore. That's what we said a few weeks ago. On paper, it's Cleveland. On paper, Cleveland might be the best team in football. Um, Cleveland or Tampa, right? I'm just looking at their mm -hmm. roster right now, their August whatever roster. Cleveland looks fantastic. Doesn't mean they're going to be, but they're probably going to be pretty good. But none of this matters. Only one thing matters today. Quads is back. Quads, 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 quads. He is officially off of the pup list and is practicing um, with the intention of being ready for the opener. I would assume that if he looks good and is ready for week one or two, he will obviously make the final roster and not be put on the pup going into the season. 
But um, oh yeah, because I think if he's, if he's on pub six weeks, yeah, so he's not getting that designation. I wouldn't think so, but he could also have a setback. Um, they've said that he's definitely not playing in this week's preseason game, which no. he shouldn't play yeah. any. Right. What do you need to see from Saquon Barkley other than his knees okay? And you don't need to see that in a preseason game. Um, I, it, it's a cause for optimism, but I expected him to be healthy anyway. I mean, he suffered an ACL twelve or now eleven months ago, but when the season starts, it'll be twelve months ago. Um, Adrian Peterson came back from a torn ACL eight months later and had the best season of his career. So everyone's not Adrian Peterson, mind you, but guys come back a year later from torn ACLs. Barkley should be healthy um, for week one. But if he's not and you want to sit him, whether it's a week or two weeks or that full six, that's what you feel like you got to do, I get it. Uh, although six weeks without Barkley, that's that's not going to lean into a mediocre Giants team having a shot at, at uh, re- remaining relevant into, the, what, November and December. And yeah, so January. he went down week two last year. Second quarter of week two. Yeah, so he... I would be shocked personally if he is not starting week one. I I agree. I think they'll Just probably keep the, him on a pitch count kind of thing. You'll see. Yeah. You'll see instead of seeing his full twenty to twenty five touches. Yeah, they'll ramp him up. Right, and Devontae Booker will get uh, twelve touches, which is ten more than he probably deserves. <laughs> but um, he'll hey, get him. Hey, Corey Clement, you know. I hope he makes a team. Yeah. I prefer Clement to Booker, but they paid Booker, so there's no world where Booker's not their their next man up, and they paid Booker knowing that Barkley had a tenuous recovery ahead of him. So he's he's pre-anointed. The only guy that's going to um, take touches away from Devontae Booker is Saquon Barkley, it, until someone shows that they're head and shoulders better. Did they make any offer to the Wayne train? Was there None anything? whatsoever. The um, rumor is, and this is only if Barkley is on the pup for six weeks, let's pay attention to what happens in San Francisco. Maybe Gallman gets cut. Bring, sure. bring him on. Yeah. He didn't sign. I think he signed a one-year deal with uh, San Fran, and San Fran obviously has <clears throat> Mostert. Um, Jeff Wilson's out though, probably for the year. So you have Mostert, Trey Sermon, who they yeah. drafted, I believe, in the third round, and then well, he's a good back out of Ohio Trey State. Sermon. I, I mean, liked him. See, in in the sh- in any offense, you would expect Trey Sermon to supplant Wayne Gallman or Raheem Mostert at some point in the season. However. Shanahan don't give a fuck about oh, your yeah. expectations. He is running the hot hand, and it's only worked. So I can't – like, you can't go, oh, what's he doing, right? Every back that he seems to give a two- or three-game stretch to is uber productive, right? <laughs> yes. And the guy that he benches, um, you go, oh, why, why'd you bench Tevin Coleman? Why'd you bench Raheem Mostert? Why'd you do this? Why'd you do that? Why, why aren't you giving Jarek McKinnon a chance? Then that guy gets back on the field to spell the other guy. Oh, he looks like a bum now, right? It's like – Clearly, he's got his fingers on the pulse of a run game uh, the same way that his dad did. And uh, He looks like a bum, but he still stole a touchdown. Who's that? Whoever is uh, oh, spelling yeah. him. You know, oh, well, he's, oh yeah. He, he <laughs> if it's McKinnon, he, yeah, he gets that goal line. T- you know, he actually, he gets that, like, that rush, uh, you know, a first in goal from the nine, and he runs it in. Yes. Or he gets that swing pass yeah. on, a, on a first in goal from the nine, and – it's a touchdown. I can't draft 49ers running backs. It's like Trey Sermon is tempting, and on every level, he would be tempting in virtually any certainly good offense, which the 49ers obviously have a good offense um, from a fantasy standpoint. But I'm not I'm not going to get him because when's he playing? 
Could be week three. Could be week seven. Could be week 14. Could be week one, 2022. Right? I, you don't know when he's getting significant touches. I would assume he's going to be worked in at some point this year, but even not knowing when that is makes him tenuous um, at best if you're trying to you know, make a one-year fantasy roster around that. But if you can get him and hold on, I guess he makes sense. Um, but there's a lot of there's a lot of rookie running backs um, mm-hmm. that have an opportunity to um, supplant uh, an incumbent starter or just win a job um, on a lot of teams. And actually, perhaps the most under the radar one is uh, Kenneth Gainwell oh. for the Eagles um, taking Miles Sanders' job, which. I know there hasn't been much, uh, what, momentum coming out of Eagles training camp with that, but it's hard to ignore that Sanders was incredibly underwhelming last year. Especially in the passing game. And Gainwell was drafted by this iteration of the coaching staff. However, I know you, I already know where you're going. You're going to go. Howie Roseman drafted both of them. So He uh, did. It, and the team really likes Boston Scott. And news out of camp is – if you didn't know that Miles Sanders was the former starter, the entrenched starter, if you will. And the, the theoretical starter going into right. the season. And you were just looking at these two guys and how they look in camp. Boston's the better looking back right now. So, and if I'm understanding you correctly, then uh, Kenneth Gainwell, at least in this early juncture of the season, is not sniffing that number one running no. back job. It's, it's no. Sanders and Scott neck yeah. and neck. That makes sense because Scott's been successful for them, um, in, yeah. In short spurts, especially but. yeah. In um, whenever Miles has gone down and he's been pressed into action to be the lead back, he's played well. I would certainly, if you're the Eagles, um, and I believe they're managing this year as such. Uh, you know, you're going to be a bad team, right? You're, you're not really going to challenge for a playoff spot, um, and it would be delusional to assume that you would, a la the Giants of the last five years. Um, this year might be the first year they're right to think that they might challenge for a playoff spot, although with that Swiss cheese O-line. But anyway, um, <laughs> the the Eagles should have virtually every position. If you are beating this guy out, you're going to play, right? Now, the exceptions to that are obvious. No one should just supplant Jason Kelsey. You've had a long, strong body of work from him. He still plays at a fairly high level. I, Jalen Hurts, you're crazy if you tell Joe Flacco he can win that job yeah, over Jalen Hurts. There's exceptions, but Miles yeah. Sanders has not done enough to just earn that job. Now, does that mean you, you cut ties with Sanders if he doesn't win the job? Of course not. You still spell him in. But if Boston Scott wins, Boston Scott should at least get, what, equal carries? If if he truly plays better in training camp, preseason, joint practices, whatever, however they're assessing talent, do I think that's what's going to happen? Absolutely not. But... I think it's what should happen, and if Gainwell, you know, sneaks in there now or later, you give him an opportunity too. But that one I could see happening. If, if Miles Sanders shits the bed through September, they're going to be giving Kenneth Gainwell looks as soon as Kenneth Gainwell looks ready to to carry the ball ten to fifteen times. Yeah, and I am very interested to see, and this is why I am excited for Thursday's preseason game. What kind of packages they're going to have out there? Are they going to have some twenty-two packages where it is? You know, Miles in Boston, packages with maybe Gainwell and Miles, Gainwell and Boston Scott. And also, you know, funny enough, Jordan Howard has been said to look good 
this uh, preseason. Actually, Wait, so, is he on the Eagles roster? Yeah. And carry on Johnson? Yeah. And actually, so <laughs> news out of camp is that carry on Johnson really hasn't flashed. And actually, it's been Howard who's been, uh, I guess, the dark horse in that uh, competition. I mean, obviously different uh, coaching staff, but Jordan Howard mm-hmm. looked as good as he looked with the Bears with the Eagles. You know, maybe not peak Jordan Howard, but he was as productive and viable with the Eagles as he had been his last year or two with the Bears. Um, he didn't look like that in Miami, but he was never really given the chance to look no. like that in Miami. Uh, the Miami OC hated him. Obviously. He had, what, like two <laughs> carries, eight yards, one touchdown. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, I do remember a game where he may have had two rushes, two yards, and two touchdowns. Wow. Fan- for fantasy, I mean, that's just... Frustrating. <laughs> yeah. Especially if you had, what, yeah. Miles Gaskin or... Especially if you had Raheem Mostert started him and he had one 80-yard touchdown run and then got tackled in the end zone and, like, hurt his ankle and was not seen for Six weeks. weeks. <laughs> um... That's fantasy, baby. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Especially, uh, what, 49ers running back, seemingly, because every single one is hurt, uh, what, like a revolving door. Mm-hmm. Um, which the former uh, anointed starter as recent as maybe last year, certainly two years ago, he was the pro- projected starter for San Francisco. Tevin Coleman has um, probably the lightest official starting job in oh, yeah. of the 32 teams with the Jets. Um, Michael Carter is, uh, apparently hot on his heels and, um, Tevin Coleman just feels like a career RB too. Right. What does Tevin Coleman do? Great. The answer is definitely nothing. And then what does he do? Well, um, I mean, actually when he was a Falcon, he was an excellent change of pace to Devonta Freeman. Yeah. Um, but he never looked like a number one. That's why, um, Freeman was able to overtake him, even though in Tevin Coleman's rookie season, they were handing him that job uh, the first couple weeks, and Freeman just looked too good to ignore. But, um, yeah, I don't expect Tevin Coleman to hold the Jets job down for longer than September, right, roughly, maybe less. Um, The Jets are a weird team because I like a lot of the moves they made, and I have no idea what their offense is going to look like. Apparently, it's going to look. Who's like, the OC? I don't even know, but I think he came maybe from some, San Francisco I was with say, Sala. Probably, maybe he was a quarterbacks coach. Maybe he was a running backs coach. I, yeah, I think he was their O-line, some, I think he was their O line coach, but I'm not. Oh. Sure. I read something that they're using the same running scheme that Coleman's familiar with from San Francisco, implying that they're taking some uh, what. Frankenstein version of of Shanahan's zone running scheme, and that's how they're going to run their offense through, which makes sense for Salah, a, a defense guy. Mm-hmm. Um, he's probably going to want to run the ball and control the clock. Um, make sure... Uh, and make sure Zach Wilson's not, you know, being forced to throw 40 times a game, because that's... You shouldn't do that to any rookie quarterback, yeah. especially this one, who's going to be horrendous. What's... Um, Baker Manziel. Baker I, Manziel, yeah. yeah, right. I, yeah Baker yeah. Manziel. But um, if you were on a team that's looking for an edge, what, the Jets haven't been relevant in 10 years, right? Um, same thing with the Eagles. Yeah. At least the Eagles can claim relevance as recent as two years ago, right? Um, yeah. Definitely. That's my point. But even the Eagles should, you know, in most positions say, if you beat the guy for the job, it's your job, right? Breeding competition. Um, the Jets should definitely be doing that. Every position should be up for straight yes. grabs, right? You you own nothing. Um, and I don't know that they have a lot of incumbent starters to begin with. 
Um, the defense defense has been okay um, last year, notwithstanding. But the, the couple of years before that, their defense was actually fairly respectable. You would assume Salah would build on that. But even still, I mean, Seattle was, what, a mess. Um, and Pete Carroll came in with, what, I think it was John Schneider, who's still there as the GM. And they basically said, yeah, every single job is absolutely up for grabs. And the second that we don't think you fit what we're doing, you're out of here. And in their first two years, I think they made like an NFL record, like 212 transactions or something, which is insane because it wasn't. They weren't Howie's making, like, I'll beat that. <laughs> <laughs> they, they weren't making 70 trades, right? They were just cutting guys. You know, Oh, you come in, you play for a week, you're out, right? And you know that they had their money where their mouth was that when Russell Wilson beat out Matt Flynn – yeah. For that starting job, his rookie season, because they had paid Matt Flynn the year oh, before. Oh, yes. Matt Flynn was the guy. And this kid, Russell Wilson, that everybody apparently liked but nobody wanted. Yeah. Um, came out, looked great in the preseason, and he's been, what, a Hall of Fame caliber quarterback since. Literally every year. He's never had a bad year. He's never thrown a lot of picks. He's never fumbled a lot. He's only gotten better as a complete passer, right? Because, you know, two or three years ago, you could say, oh, is Russell Wilson going to stop being a game manager? Um, when's he going to light it up, right? Or or to the shortened version of that, let Russ cook, right? Mm-hmm. Russ is cooking, and he's been cooking for two or three years now, undisputed. And now you have arguably, a, you know, a top three to top five passing game in the NFL with these two uh, high-end receivers that he's throwing to. And Metcalf being probably the best receiver specimen he's had the entire time he's been in the nfl um go yeah. dk sleeper of last year dk the only guy i hit on that's not true it's mostly keenan true. allen had a great year but everyone keenan allen's you're supposed to hit on keenan allen he's been an established starter for eight years he's he's a high-end receiver shame on everyone else for letting him fall to wherever i got him right you got yeah you got him at the beginning of the end of the fourth he ain't going you ain't getting him in the fourth round this year he's gonna be a second to third round pick guaranteed mm. Um, and he should be because he's a high end receiver. Being so you went, oh, you went DK end, end of the third, and then you looped around because you were the first overall pick. I, so you he, went. It was Keenan uh, end of the fourth, DK beginning of the fifth. Oh shit! Um, wow. And shame on all of us. Well, but DK Metcalf, you might like the, um, you know, you might like the. What, the potential, but at least he hadn't done anything before, right? So no matter whether it was me or anyone else. I saw him catch like 10 passes (laughs) against the Eagles in the playoffs, like 160 yards and touchdown. It it wasn't even that, though. I saw a video of him before last season working out with Russell Wilson. They were just like throwing while COVID was going on, like heavy, and it was just two of them throwing. Mm -hmm. And I was watching him do ridiculous shit. I was like, oh, my God, this guy's ridiculous. Got to have him. Where can I get him? Got to have him. That's my guy this year, and obviously it it uh, it panned out nicely, um, but uh, it did not lead to a fantasy championship in any league I participated in. Even though I had him in every league I participated in, <laughs> I, got, I went out and got him. I think I got him in the sixth round in another league, which is even more ridiculous. Uh, I don't even want to get into that. But um, when you look at what the young talent that's coming in? We got a, a shitload of good receiver, a shitload of good receivers. The top three receivers drafted look like they could be what top ten NFL receivers for the next ten years. Now, I believe that specifically, specifically about Chase and Waddle. I'm less sold on Smith, 
but not in a way where oh, I don't. I'm so. I, don't, I'm so well, I know you're so I'm, in on Smith. Yeah, and, and I get it. I'm not. I'm not trying to say the guy's not good. Um, but he's also well. To be fair, Waddle's getting thrown to by Tua, who looked pretty pedestrian last year. But um, to me, I don't. I got to see Smith's game translate to the NFL before I'm a full believer. Whereas I have no doubt that Chase and Waddle's game is going to translate, no problem, because they they're not. Smith plays like a sole space receiver, meaning like he's only going to be productive when he can get separation, which he 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 probably will be able to do more times than not. But if he can't do it every time, where's the contested catch coming in? Chase is obviously going to make contested catches. Yeah. And Waddle has shown that ability as well, whereas Smith, I haven't really seen it. Doesn't mean that he doesn't have it, and it doesn't mean that he can't develop it. But, um, and it's not like he has to make. Tyreek Hill makes no contested catches. The, yeah, again, see, the cheetah, the cheetah this, is just open. I was gonna say this is where <laughs> there's two sides to the coin. Right. Where again, JJ Arthago Whiteside like led the NCAA in contested catches because he was creating no separation. <laughs> <laughs> I have no doubt that Devonta Smith will be successful in the NFL and will create separation, but NFL defenses are obviously more talented and craftier and better coached because they're professionals than mm-hmm. college, the average college defense, right? Although, granted, he played in the SEC. That's mo- like 70% of NFL rosters anyway, right? So it's not like he's not going up against NFL talent, but it's still, it's different. Um, if he can create separation the way a Tyreek Hill... Uh, or I don't know who's another burner. Um, uh, you know, I see. I mean, I see him as like a very strong route runner. So I see his game much like another wide receiver I was pounding the table for in a Justin Jefferson. Okay. Well, but he's not as big. No, he's not as, as big. As well, I'm Justin just talking Jefferson. about his route running ability. Right, right, right. His footwork. I mean, so route running. You ever I'm- see? You ever see videos of Justin Jefferson's like? Intermediate route running? No, I've the seen, footwork I've seen the is ones unbelievable. Of Jerry Judy's is unbelievable. Yes, um, but I haven't seen Jefferson. Oh, uh, and watch a couple about, like Under Armour videos and stuff. Yeah, it's uh, oh, and and, the, and they took Jalen Rager. I don't know. <laughs> and the Eagles took Jalen Rager. I really don't know what people inside that building are thinking sometimes because all I can the only way I can rationalize it is. And I think they do this all the time. They say, this is what everyone expects us to do. And Howard Roseman doesn't like that. He likes to do the unexpected thing, the, the thing that makes people go, wow. You know, we didn't think he was going to do that. And they go, everyone expects him to take Justin Jefferson. It's the, the guy scored four touchdowns in the national championship game. Four. <laughs> get, get that guy. <laughs> it's Deshaun Watson all over again. What uh, more do you need to see? And they and he goes no no I'm gonna get the guy that people go oh wow we didn't we didn't we didn't think he was gonna go that high but he's worth it so obviously there's no way to corroborate what you're saying uh, I don't know that Howie Roseman's gonna copy uh, that Eagles writer from the Enquirer Jeff McLean will will corroborate <laughs> he calls it the Howie Wowie <laughs> Eagles fans and writers are so bitter. Um, but in this case, you, in this case, rightfully so. Here's, in this here, case, rightfully here's so. It. Here's here's what happened. The moment the Eagles passed on him, I had to accept that he was never going to be an Eagle. Who Justin Jefferson? Justin Jefferson will never be an Eagle. Almost certainly second, not. Second contract comes around. He's getting paid already. He's gonna he's gonna get 
Tate. He's likely to stay in Minnesota. If he doesn't, he's not going to Philadelphia. He's about to make Adam Thielen expendable probably as soon as this offseason, the upcoming yeah. offseason. Um, and that's not even a knock on Thielen. It's just, you know, the, the facts of being in the NFL. Thielen's over 30. He's got a big contract. I assume most of it's not guaranteed anymore. And they're going to say, well, we can keep paying this guy or we can get a discount one year and mm-hmm. then pay this other dude who looks even better probably at this point, you know, this yeah. point next year. Oh, my God. Uh, than Adam Thielen. And, and Adam Thielen's been great. He's been nothing but great since taking over the starting job in Minnesota. He made Stefan Diggs expendable. So that the Vikings could draft Justin Jefferson. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because the Eagles took Jalen Rager. Um, Rager. O- only because everyone from the fans, the media, national and local, were saying, take Justin Jefferson. But why would Howie shy away from what had worked in the past? Everybody pegged the Eagles as the team to draft Carson Wentz. Can't say that didn't work while it lasted. And everybody thought. Oh, no, no. The Howie Wowie for that year was the trades. It was but, the trades but everyone to move expe- up from before the trades twelve happened. to eight, and then Are we talk about this year or the Wentz year. The Wentz year. So, but everyone expected that to happen. Well, granted, they expected it to happen after they made the first trade. They didn't expect the Eagles to do that, like off the jump. But then the signing of Alshon Jeffrey, everyone said that made sense. It did. It yeah. worked out great. Oh yeah. The bringing back of Deshaun Jackson largely didn't work out. Didn't but, work out, but, but I, I actually get that. Yeah. He, they needed a, a second, third receiver, and mm-hmm. his skill set was still comparable to what it had been in the past. Plus, he's uh, not quite Eagles all time great, but he's going to be like a, a Tiki Barber level Eagle yeah. post career. Although I kind of hate Tiki Barber, but uh, Eagle fans definitely won't hate Deshaun Jackson. No. Um. So I I don't know. Um. Why? shy away from what what makes sense hell the Darius Slay trade made sense yeah absolutely and he didn't even give up much to get him it, it was a third that's first total- listen for a CB1 on a team that at one time or another was starting Carrie Williams and Bradley Fletcher and you're skipping over the Super Bowl corners which oh, were yeah, all respectable I, oh, in their own uh, right I mean, well, for a team, for corners that gave up 500 passing yards. <laughs> yeah, but they played well that season. Yeah, they, they, Patrick, they Roberts, uh, Patrick Robinson was, yeah, he, and, uh, he had a charm. Uh, Roby, not Roby. Uh, no, it was, um, mm. who was the one that they re-signed but then traded immediately or cut immediately? Yeah, um, he's a Bronco now. He was just on the, uh. Who's just on the Redskins for a year? Or excuse me, uh, Washington football team. Yeah, um, I forget that. And they they that was a actually that was a nice trade by Howie when he traded uh, Jordan Matthews in a swap for that corner. I forget his name though, but he was always injured and he he had no ball skills. The hell's his name? I remember just Gronk feasted all <sighs> over him. I which mean, Gronk feasts on every cornerback that gets near him because. How fast you are doesn't matter. He's bigger than you. Yeah, he. Yeah, that was just. You know, it's funny. I remember in that Super Bowl to end the first half. That was the Philly special, right? So the Eagles go up. Uh, I can't recall by how much. Patriots get the ball back. Get the ball to start the second half, as you would expect they would. And I just knew on that drive they was going like. They were scoring on that drive. Gronk had a huge second half he in that game. He had a monster. He had, I believe uh, he scored the first two touchdowns for the Patriots to start the second half. I mean, it was just like they just turned him on. They, it was like we left him in a block in the first half. It's like now it's his time to eat. They seemed to, late in his career, 
And it's I mean, he's older now, although he, he doesn't seem to have lost any of his ability to go up and get it in Tampa. But late in his career at the Patriots, they just seem to be like, nah, we'll use Gronkowski if we have to, right? Like he would he would not even get looks unless the game, you know, they were down or the game was game planned to, to have to throw because they were playing a potent offense on the other side of the field. He so many games Gronk would have, you know, two catches, three targets. 35 yards, probably not a touchdown, but he he wouldn't even be part of the game plan. And it's crazy because it's hard to argue that Gronkowski is not the greatest tight end of all time, if only because he's been so prolific as a catcher and a blocker, which is obviously... What a tight end is responsible for. He's more than like anything. having another tackle on the field when right. he's on when he's, he's in huge. line, and and he's still huge. He's smaller than he was, but he's still huge. He can still block, um, and like he's probably gonna have like thirty catches this year and seven touchdowns because they're not gonna. What are you gonna do with him? You're, why would you ever stretch? You, there's no reason to send him on any type of a real vertical route. Yeah. Out route, sure, right? Shit over the middle where he's going to sit in space and wait for it? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. He's never run 30 yards again, though. There's literally no reason. You have a better, more athletic tight end twice underneath <laughs> yeah. the depth. And I'm not talking about better like he's better overall, just like a better runner than Gronk is. But he's going to oh, block. Oh, yeah. And OJ Howard? It, and then Cameron Brake. Brate's going to run better than Gronk is now, too. Yet Gronk is going to be a chief red zone target in that um, offense. He's going to be a huge third down target for anything that's, what, under third and 15 probably? And it's not even going to be something that you can take away because if you start looking at Gronk, who's still got great hands, you're going to be leaving an Evans-Godwin-Brown situation open. They're ridiculous. They've got everything, and they've paid a lot of those guys – but they haven't paid everybody, and I think what Antonio Brown signed a, like a one-year, like six million dollar deal or something to come back after. And I don't think he ever entertained going anywhere else. But you have to assume that after this year's up, let's assume that he has a seventeen-game productive season where you say, "Oh wow, Brown still got it." Uh, if he was someone else's number one or number two, you know, without all these other mouths to feed. You know, he'd have another 80-catch, 1,000-yard season, right? Which is probably true. Brown in the right offense probably could have that if he got out of his own way, which yeah. sounds like he's he has. He has gotten out of his own way. But what? who do you stop? How do you stop? If if you take away, if you say, fuck it, we're going to rush three and play an eight-man zone, right? <laughs> they will run the ball Yeah, with some combination of Fournette and Jones because that O-line's good enough to do it. it it's It's ridiculous. And it, and it's 100% Tom Brady effect. That defense existed before Brady got there. That's that's its own thing. Tampa built that before Brady got there. That offense is literally because Tom Brady came there. Oh, they did have Evans and Godwin, to be fair. And he'd still pick apart that eight-man zone. <laughs> Probably. Because <laughs> Probably. <laughs> no one's rushing him. He's got 12 seconds yeah. back there. There's no way, um, barring injury, of course. There's no way that this team is not seriously going to, um, what, compete for a title again. And then when you really look at it in the NFC, um, I don't like anyone from the NFC East as a serious contender, obviously. No. I like the Packers, but I don't love the Packers. I don't really like anyone else. I mean, the Vikings are always a will-they-won't-they team. I don't see much from the Bears. The NFC West, so the NFC West is really interesting because I think the Rams are right there, obviously. What don't they have? Seattle's going to have a, some, something to say if only because their offense is going to be potent. 
San Francisco, who was ravaged by injuries last year, really hasn't lost anything. And if Trey Lance plays as early as you're hearing, he might. Um, and he's as dynamic as he appears he can be. You know, they might have a great team top to bottom. So wait, now are you... You assume that Garoppolo was, or you had said that it's hard to ignore. Though I, I think that Garoppolo start week one. I don't think that's that's going to change. Oh yeah, sure. And if he plays great, then Lance will sit the year out. But Garoppolo is. I mean, there's something to be said for when Garoppolo plays, they win. It's an absolute fact, indisputable. The level Their at win which he plays, loss record is uh, noteworthy. It's he, he. I think he has like six career losses. It's something. It's some ridiculous number yeah. like that. Um but he's always hurt. So there's that. He can get hurt again. But even more than that, Garoppolo's level of play, if they're winning, but it's in spite of Garoppolo, may still predicate a Lance um, what a Lance takeover. If Garoppolo's playing at a high level and making Kittle and Ayuk and, and Debo Samuel productive, then I don't see a world where Lance gets in. As long as Garoppolo's holding up, but as soon as Garoppolo looks pedestrian and they think Lance is ready, he's going in. And, and that's... The thing that you can't ignore is that there is not a single person who's coming out of 49ers camp right now not saying that Trey Lance looks like he's about to be a top 10 quarterback for the next 10 to 15 years. He looks amazing, apparently. Wow. So, and it's it's not the most shocking thing. It, it's a little surprising that he appears to be as ready as he is, and I think the preseason is going to influence Especially because he, I mean, he didn't play last year. Nine career college games. Didn't play last year barely played the year before that and was a starter for you said nine i believe i or just he played nine. in nine start probably started i think he had nine. nine starts in his college career one this past season so that he could basically look yeah. great and then sit down and wait to be drafted third overall <laughs> it's pretty ridiculous <laughs> meanwhile justin fields went out and grinded it for an entire season and Somehow he was at whatever. I think uh, I think COVID that was like a COVID canceled season for uh, North Dakota State. Yeah. Oh, I for thought whatever that, I thought that he sat. Um, I could be wrong. I don't know. I'll be honest. I I don't know that much. Um, but it's it's frustrating from just like a what do you have to do standpoint when Ohio State's playing the second best competition in college mm-hmm. football because obviously they're not in the SEC. Um, but the dude is just ridiculous and i i literally was at a stupid fair um because my wife wanted to go and um the guy i was in a giant shirt and he goes what do you think giants are gonna do this he was wearing it was a big ass beard guy with a viking shirt on he goes what do you think giants are gonna do this year? i was like eight and nine because that's what i actually think they're gonna go they're gonna go eight and nine right they're gonna look competitive till november till thanksgiving they're gonna peter out and they're gonna go eight and nine and he, he said something about the Vikings coming back and Daniel Hunter's back. And, you know, he clearly knew. Uh-huh. He knew what he was talking about, right? But he, I said, I don't know, man. I said, they're probably the third best team in the division. He goes, what are you talking about? He said, the Bears? He said, the Bears are terrible. <laughs> I was like, they just got the best quarterback they could have gotten. And he goes, where is he from? And I was like, Ohio State. And he goes, Ohio State quarterbacks are shit. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I, I, and I said to him, I was like, yeah, they have been. I was like, but they haven't had one like this. Like, no, I don't think anyone could reasonably state that Cardale Jones, who won a national championship, was um, as good as Justin Fields appears. now. And he immediately went to Haskins, which, fair enough. But Haskins was overdrafted. So was Daniel Jones. Uh, but Haskins was overdrafted. And Haskins may have panned out to be, and still may pan out to be, a good NFL quarterback. 
in the right situation. Washington was dysfunctional for more reasons than just Dwayne Haskins. And they appear to have it under control with a good coach, but um, Haskins isn't there anymore. So he's not, and he clearly, Ron Rivera was looking for a reason, just meh, slide that guy to the side and let's start yeah. from scratch. It's not his guy. I mean, I, I that sounds dumb, but also Haskins hasn't shown enough to be, what, given uh, a bunch of chances. He doesn't look like the starter. But maybe he will uh, possibly this year if Ben Roethlisberger gets hurt because I can't see the Steelers trouting out uh, Mason Rudolph again. Oh, he's so pedestrian. He he looks like a bad backup. Yes, he does. Like a guy, like he's probably a great film guy. He probably puts all the work in, and you're like, oh well, Mason had a good practice today, right? And you know, if we got to start him, we can start. You put him out there, terrible. You know what he reminds me of? Maybe it's the uh, it's the Oklahoma connection, not Oklahoma University of Oklahoma. I think he's but from Missouri. I thought he went to Oklahoma State. I'm not sure now. Um, Maybe you're right. I, I don't know. But he reminds me of Sam Bradford. Now I believe Sam Bradford went to Oklahoma the University. He of definitely, Oklahoma. yeah. Bradford definitely did. But there's something about them that I just I get vibes Is from the same him. dumb face. It might be the face. Yeah, I mean like. It's a different dumb face than, like, the Manning brothers have. That's a whole... Yeah. That's, like, you know, Southern uh, charm slash uh, lack of education dumb face. Um, love you, Eli. But, uh, yeah, just, like, dumb, goofy white guy face from Bradford slash Mason Rudolph. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I don't know, he just he didn't look good. I mean, he got beat out by Duck Hodges, and Hodges made the offense look better. I don't... Hodges may not have played better, but he made the offense look better, and if you're treading water waiting for your starter to come back you're gonna take the guy that you're winning with and they were winning with with duck hodges uh two years ago not mason rudolph and if roethlisberger gets hurt i think they'll go to haskins assuming yeah. assuming that haskins holds up his end of the deal right the talent's better um i assume he's putting the work in i i also assume that one of rudolph or haskins is getting cut by you know august 31st or september 7th or whatever date is in line with the start of the season. Where is final Duck cuts. still on the squad? No, he is not. Their fourth quarterback is the dude that they traded to Jacksonville and brought back, uh, Josh Dobbs, um, um, destined only to ever be uh, an NFL backup. But he good job um, to have. It seems like it's an all right. Chase job. Daniel has made a fortune, killing. killing. An absolute fortune. But he would kill. Chase Daniel, being successful for 10, 12 years as a backup, would kill for a Fitzpatrick career, which Fitzpatrick, yeah. up until recent, well, that's not fair. He was a starter in Buffalo, like undisputed. But every other spot that he's gone to until now, again, in Washington, they bring him in to be the backup, and he takes a job, either through injury or you know <laughs> superior play or the other guy's terrible yeah. or whatever. But Fitzpatrick is... I mean, God bless him, right? He's pushing 40. He is, him and Aaron Rodgers are the only quarterbacks left from 2005. Also, I believe him and Rodgers are the fourth, third and fourth, third, fourth, whichever, most uh, senior quarterbacks in the NFL with the retirement of Phillip Rivers. Because um, you got ben, uh, Brady, Andrew of course. Breeze. Breeze is gone. Yeah, with the retirement of Philip Rivers and Drew Brees. Oh, I, sorry, I forgot about Drew Brees. So you got Brady, you got Roethlisberger from 04, and then you got Rodgers and Fitzpatrick um, from 05. Obviously, Alex Smith just retired, too. Eli, two two years ago uh, from 04 with Rivers and Roethlisberger. But um, it, it's crazy, and he was an afterthought, whereas obviously everyone else we just named, was they were supposed to be as good as they were 
or they were a little better than they were supposed to be. Eli Manning was supposed to be better. But um, I, I can't get down with Washington. I don't know what it is. Yeah, I think it's I think it's Fitzpatrick. You just know you know what he's going to give you. And everyone else has got Fitzpatrick amnesia. Like they expect <laughs> everyone you hear talk about uh, it expects this guy to keep it together for 17 games. Can't do it. He kind of did it for 3 or 4 years in Buffalo. He did. I'm actually That's a long gu- time ago. It's 10 years ago. Gut feeling? I I actually so for the last few years he has had the Eagles number. Specifically, he just shits all over Don't Jim they play Schwartz. like week two? I hope so. <laughs> he has shit all over uh, Jim Schwartz's defense from his time when he was with Tampa to Miami. Gotcha. I think this I gut sense, this Jonathan Gannon defense is going to make him look like what you expect to see. This is going to be the the ugly Ugly Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick. Four picks, can't complete a pass. Oh, He's not always that bad. If they got four picks in that game, I <laughs> I might shoot. Who's who's, <laughs> who's catching them? Who's getting those four picks? Ooh, I would love it if Slay got one. Um, if uh, Steve Nelson okay. got one. Recently acquired. Um then if Anthony Harris okay. got one, maybe, gotcha. maybe a batted ball. Yep. Um, and then, of course, uh, icing on the cake would be some sort of uh, lineman. I was going to say. Like a sack just, where the ball just, just pops up. Fletcher and, Cox. And Fletch, just do it. Fletch just, grabs yeah. it. And, you know, it's like, you know, it's a, um, it's like a first, let's say it's like, a, it's like a first down, play action, pressure off the edge, sacked, pops the ball up, flushes there, he just catches it late in the game to seal the game. Ugh. Oh. His little army crawl once he gets in the end zone. <laughs> hey, you got to have the fat guy uh, get the pick. I would also like to see uh, you know, if Ryan Kerrigan got a little something. Oh, a they, little, you know, they, little they, Washington revenge. Yeah, they, they drop him. It's, it's like a quick out. He doesn't even see him there. Just plucks it with those soft hands like I've seen him Sounds do. Sounds like you're describing uh, some games played by Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> yeah. Many games yeah, played maybe. by Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, he'll, he'll torch the Giants at least once. Um, although maybe not, uh, the Giants' defense might Dude, I be. I might have to reshuffle this uh, this NFC East uh, ranking. I I think I think there's going to be a swap for the third place team. What you think Washington will be overtaken by the Philadelphia? I think so. Eagles? I'm I'm not so. And I think the, the Eagles are coming for those New York Football Giants. If this O line appears to be as sh- bad if as the shoulder, sounds. if the shoulder for Dak Prescott is any worse. Oh. He's apparently one hundred percent. Okay, I, that's just that's what I've heard. Um, mm. And CD Lamb looks like a man oh possessed. Oh my god! Yeah, and the Raiders took Henry Ruggs, who averaged, I believe, two point three targets per game last year. Targets, not catches. Two point three targets per game. We almost knew that when they selected him. He was Essentially, do it was it was a waste of a pick. I don't understand it in any way, shape, or form. And and they, it's like because he can run fast. That's all they're going to let him do. Like he has a good underneath skill set. He's he's good in space. He's good running slant routes. He's good, um, obviously with yak because he's so fast. Right? Like nope, you run goes and posts. That's it. It's <laughs> <laughs> all you're allowed to do. And Gruden does some says some dumb hick shit that people think is charming <laughs> fucking moron um 
the fact that he is still the Raiders coach because they gave him 10 years and like $100 million, that's the only reason he's, he's terrible. He's completely out of touch. Do you know who said this prior to the 2018 season? This fucking guy. Gruden <laughs> is trash. He was trash when ta- when he, he left Tampa on his own terms. He didn't get fired. But um, or at least that was the official story. But he seemed out of touch when he left Tampa as the NFL was becoming more of a, a pass-first league. And then you bring him back, and he says, "Not nah, we're going to run the ball, which is great, but you can't just run the ball. And Carr, I'll give Derek Carr credit, he had a good first half last year and obviously was able to get the ball, what, to Darren Waller and Nelson Aguilar. But you can't rely on that um, solely if you're not going to um, use the weapons around you, right? You have Ruggs, who clearly has a, a unique skill set. Well, you could have had... CeeDee Lamb or Jerry Judy. I, I prefer Judy, but I think I'm going to eat those or words. Or Justin Jefferson. Or Justin Jefferson. <laughs> I think I'm going to eat those words. I think CeeDee Lamb is the next in uh, uh, what a proud line of 88 receivers in Dallas that uh, what are going to uh, make the NFC sorry for the next 10 years, 8 years, whatever it is. Um, like Irvin and Dez uh, most definitely did in their primes. Um, but he, well, I think in a couple of years, he'll just be the number one receiver in Dallas, but this year's success is probably going to be enhanced and predicated on the fact that you're going to have Cooper on the other side. I and mean, all Mari Cooper did last year, even with Andy Dalton was just catch eight balls a game, have 110 yards. Maybe he got a touchdown. Maybe he didn't. Right. He had a couple shot games, for whatever reason, game planning. Um, I think he left one game early with an injury. The dude was just on the field catching nine-yard curl routes, catching 15-yard, you know, in routes, whatever. Nothing sexy, nothing flashy. Broke off a couple long uh, yak touchdowns. Dallas is so good on paper. They're so good on paper. Although I don't know what their O-line is going to look like. I just I don't know how Dallas doesn't win this division. But I've said that the last two seasons, and they've not won this division. So, if there's a way to lose, they're going to find it. Um, how also, how do you not resign Alden Smith? Maybe I guess they like their uh, they like Tank, and they like uh, Tank. Who's that? Uh, uh, Demarcus Lawrence. Oh, okay. I didn't know that was this game. Um, and they must also like that end uh, out of Nebraska. He's been he's been on the team, but he misses a lot of time. You're not Randy Gregory, are you? Randy Gregory, yeah. Randy Gregory's still on the team. Yeah. How can I like him more than Alden Smith? He did all the things that Randy Gregory was supposed to do, but has never done. I don't know. Maybe he wanted more money than he they wanted to pay him. I don't know. Dallas is tight it against the cap for sure. Oh yeah. Um, but and then it begs the other question: Why hasn't someone picked Alden Smith up? Because to my knowledge. He is still sitting Some out there. team will, and will say, oh, yeah, that makes perfect sense. It'll be the Ravens. <laughs> it'll be the Ravens. It'll be the Saints. It'll be – it will be some contender. The Rams could pick him up. Oh, I'm mistaken. He is a Seattle Seahawk, and that there makes you go. sense. That see, one, there you go. That one makes sense. He is a Seattle Seahawk. Um, So before we wrap this thing up, let's break down some – Recent news. Okay, we'll start with the Quentin Nelson injury. Actually, the same injury that uh, Carson Wentz suffered. Um, 
So, so he's out five to twelve weeks with some bone fracture. I heard something in his foot. I heard something today that uh, is very interesting for that designation: five to twelve weeks. Curious range. And they did it twice, and mm-hmm. I don't think it's an accident. Twelve weeks from last week, when both injuries were announced, is week seven. That is the end of six weeks on the pup list. So essentially, they're saying these dudes are going to be ready for week one or two. Give or take, right? Mm-hmm. You know, if, if it's week one or two, then we'll we'll chill on them and they'll sit out a week and come back and play. Or they're not going to recover fast enough and they're going on the pup list. And and it, it's the same thing with Barkley, right? If you were the Colts, Nelson's the best guard in football. It's pretty much indisputable. And Carson Wentz is your new franchise quarterback that you gave up a fair amount to get, right? And, and you, he is ideally your starter for the next three to five. So... If you got to carry them on the roster, but they don't play for the first week or two, you're going to do it, right? It's only if this stretches into the five or six week range into the season that you're like, all right, we're going to shut them down, and that makes the most sense for the wide. I agree. Recovery time, because if this was the middle of the season, you know they'd be saying, well, he's going to, they're going to be out a minimum of five to six weeks, and then it would just stretch. They just stretch it, you know. To eight oh yeah, weeks. they would, you know. They would probably be intentionally vague and just say it's a week. It's a week to week injury. Doug, yeah, Doug Peters used to drive me nuts with that. He'd say, "Oh, guys, day to day, they gotta be out for like five to six weeks." If it was week to week, it meant the season ending injury. <laughs> it was maddening. It was like, "Oh yeah, Deshaun Jackson, I think he's day to day. The guy missed like twelve games." See, I can appreciate what Judge came does. back and then immediately re-injured himself. Was out for the season. Well, that's not Peterson's fault, theoretically. He doesn't have anything to do with the medical clearance. Um, Judge, which I actually like his answer, even if it's a little frustrating, he's, uh, it's not my business that's between the player and the medical staff, right? Like, he won't say anything that is indicative of a time frame, right? He'll, yeah, I mean, he'll reiterate the time frame that he was given, right? So if the medical staff, mm-hmm. the medical staff says this guy's going to be out four weeks, he'll say, I've been told he's going to be out four weeks, right? That changes, I'll let you guys know. Judge, so the... Um, to go back to recent news, I'm sure you've heard that everyone who is remotely related to the Giants on a reporter slash uh, media level thinks that Joe Judge is basically treating the professional NFL New York football Giants team like children by making them run laps for their <laughs> mistakes and um, what he calls holding them accountable um, and you know uh, giving them an appropriate consequence. Every action has a consequence, right? Now this is this is running rampant through the New York media staff, through old former players that have podcasts, through <laughs> anyone who's got an opinion on this, ESPN pundits, whoever. Every single Giants player. Now Kelvin Benjamin did get cut and then uh you know, was pissed off, but he also <laughs> came in like 20 pounds overweight. So, you know, I, it's hard to totally take him seriously. Every player that's on that roster, specifically the prominent ones from Logan Ryan to James Bradbury to Sterling Shepard, um, and there's others, but those are the three that come to mind right now. Quads. Quads has not spoken on this. Okay. He didn't have to run the laps because he was still on. Oh, on right, right. Quads, quads, quads. Um, yeah, he's back. Um, have all come out and said the exact same thing. This is team building. This holds us accountable. This is building, uh, what, fortitude, however you want. I'm paraphrasing, obviously. But every single one has bought in, and Shepard went as far as to say, if you don't like it, leave. Right. And to, now he wasn't saying that flippantly, but if a play, he was basically saying, this is what we're about. This is how it's going to be. And it's very interesting coming from him because 
He was a rookie the last time they made the playoffs. And that team, you know, for the boat game, that team, he was on the boat. In Who was this? Sterling Shepard. Oh, yeah, of course. Um, he uh, and a flannel, I think, in, uh, in Miami. He had flannel on? I, thought it was I think it was around his waist. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> Not a good look. He hasn't regretted that enough publicly. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, uh. he said, and he's been here through the, the what seemed like an up to start his career. Oh, yeah. For, lean downs right they basically tricked themselves into thinking they were a mediocre team when they were a horrendous team and he had to play through all of that um and now he's he's in a team that's correctly optimistic i mean they're probably too optimistic but they're right to think that they're going to be competitive this year they should be um and he's saying listen this is what it's about he's the longest tenured giant um and he is all in coupled with logan ryan who's won super bowls james bradbury who's you know a top 10 corner in this league and has established himself as a high-end veteran, and everyone else has come out and said it. And, and some of the stories have been, oh, Joe Judge's hard practices have caused uh, former players or for veterans to retire because in the last week, Joe Looney, Todd Davis, and Zach Fulton have all retired. And wow. Looney himself came out and said, nah, man, and this is before he retired, he said, nah, running laps is cool, right? He's like, it holds us accountable, and it, and it keeps us uh, on our toes. He said this before he retired. He retired like two days later. Um, so this narrative that the Giants are, um, what, being mistreated or they're unhappy or it's coming from anyone other than people in the building. It's, and it's obvious because there's not even a murmur that a player is saying this. And these reporters are, are reporting this like it's, um, you know, reality. But if there was anyone even unofficially murmuring that they were pissed off about this, you know they'd be saying, oh, an, un, an unnamed player, an unnamed right. source has said that the players are mad and, and they're not going to take it anymore or whatever. None of that. Instead, you're getting the message from the players' mouths. Nope, we're down. And listen, they, they run and they do push-ups. They're a peak physical condition athlete. So while I'm sure it's annoying, yeah. from a team-building standpoint, what's the problem? From that perspective, yeah. I think uh, because of the the CBA and the limited amount of you know like practice time that you get, you know, running laps feels like an inefficient thing, but if it's in the consequence of fucking a, up a team fight, it was a, yeah. it was a team fight, right, which actually saw the starting quarterback on the bottom <laughs> of the pile. Um, yeah, there's got to be repercussions for that because you know, like that just can't happen. Any, which, by the way, how did that start? Uh, Do you, any, I, was, yeah, uh, who tackled who late? Uh, okay, I believe Xavier tackled, McKinney. Uh, Put a big hit on Corey Clement, and mm. Evan Ingram came up, and shoved, shoved him, and then Logan Ryan punched Evan Ingram in the oh, head, and fuck. then it was a whole thing. And every player that's talked the about helmet it, from Ingram to Ryan, so yeah, regrettable, right? ridiculous. But you have hands, dude, like hands that will break on that hard helmet. Um, and but they do. Every single one has come out and said it, it was just football, right? Clement yeah. said it, Ryan said it, Ingram yeah, said yeah, it. Yeah. Um, and apparently the next day, the exact same play happened, and Xavier McKinney let up. Like he hit him, okay. but he didn't. He didn't, yeah. um, uh, you know, rock him. I, I didn't see the hit. It wasn't uh, in the filmed portion of practice, so you're never going to see the hit. But um, I assume it was a, a good football hit that they took exception to because it was practice, right? Yeah. Uh, maybe it was a little late. Who knows? But the um, interesting was Judge posed it that way and said what you said. He said we now have to waste. It. He said this apparently to the players, yeah. but then came to the media later that day and said. We had to waste time mm -hmm. doing this. So now the consequence is not only you had to run and do push-ups. If you're a serious contributor or want to be a serious contributor to this team, who I think the Giants are not even cautiously optimistic. I think they're very optimistic going into this season, partially because of Judge 
and his optimism, um, you feel like you're wasting your own time, right? Because you know that you're only going to practice four times a week or whatever it is in, in, in the preseason. Um, and this is one of those things that I think actually shows, good or bad, and the Giants could be either, they're going to be a team. Um, and I think that's going to play great for their above-average defense. And uh, maybe it'll play okay for their incredibly talent-stricken offensive line. Oh, God, it's going to be so bad. They <laughs> Gettleman literally did everything right to try to reinforce a yeah. young offensive line, and the guys are retiring. <laughs> There's no one left. <laughs> maybe they'll trade for Andre Dillard. I'll take it. Um, there's talk of Solder yeah. kicking, and guard is ugly, apparently. Mm. So there's talk of Nick Gates kicking out from center to guard. There's talk of Solder kicking into guard, because apparently, and granted, Shane Lemieux's been hurt. Will Hernandez has apparently forgotten how to play football. <laughs> and Zach Fulton and Joe Looney retired, and uh, Jonathan Harrison can play center, so that's what might uh. make Gates expendable there to play guard. Uh, it, and the problem is, you know, I'm a Giants fan. I'm reading this stuff every day. They're talking about Rodarius Williams, their six-round cornerback pick. He's Greedy Williams' big brother. He apparently looks great. Um, they're talking about how good Xavier McKinney looks. They're talking about how good uh, Aziz Ojolari looks. They're talking about how good. Yeah, I'm. I mean, there's a there's a lot of talented playmakers on that defense, and they have a problem at outside pass rusher. But they got a shitload of bodies that have talent. Now, does that mean any of them are going to translate? No, they, they could totally fall on their face but if they if they hit on one they'll be okay if lorenzo carter steps up and is the pro that he's supposed to be and has flashed at times if aziz ojalari lives up to his late first round grade and comes out of the gate swinging it'll be fine if ellerson smith or o'shane Zimenez do anything it'll be great but they'll still be okay if that doesn't happen they are stacked at every other spot on defense every other spot and now with McKinney being fully integrated in the defense, I don't even think you're going to see a second linebacker on the field on third down with Blake Martinez. It's going to be Jabril Peppers roving around the center of the field. Mm. I love it. It's It should work. It should work great. Um, also, Sterling Shepard is apparently the only offensive player who looks good in camp. Just just Sterling Shepard. <laughs> <laughs> well, Quads will be coming back. That's fair. So it'll give a boost. Galladay's hurt. Tony's been hurt. I think Tony had COVID. The hamstring with Galladay is a concern. He has had these soft tissue injuries throughout his career, and the hamstring is a particularly frustrating one and because nagging. they feel good, they're fine, and then you get into live action and it just goes again. I expect him to be good when he's on the field, assuming that Jones has time to, to throw him because he's more of a vertical threat than anything else. Um, but uh, he listen, he is not going to eat up targets. It's not his game. He's ne I don't think he's ever had 100 targets in a season. His career high in catches is 65. Now, he had 1,200 yards and 11 touchdowns that year, so his efficiency is insane, right? Yeah, but it, Stafford. it just speaks to – well, and Stafford's obviously a better quarterback. Mm -hmm. But if Jones can take the next step and just be competent, right, and Galladay can have 55 catches and 900 yards and eight touchdowns, you're not going to love it, but you're going to say, all right, if Shepard and Ingram – fuck Ingram – and Tony and Darius Slayton are productive on the back end, and Barkley's got another 1,200-yard season on the ground, this team's going to be okay. Like, they're going to they're gonna be competing for a playoff spot if those things happen because you know the defense isn't going to be anything short of, what, probably above average or better. But I I don't even think Jones is going to have time to develop. They're, they're, they got problems. Thank goodness the tackles are apparently playing all right because that's what's going to dictate Jones's success more than anything um but all the good things you hear 
the only thing I've heard is the Giants can't figure out the offensive line. <laughs> it's the only thing. It's not this guy's good, this guy's bad. You know, like usually when you hear about problem spots, they're like, but a bright spot's been. Nope. No, there are no bright spots. The O line's a mess. It's a major problem that they tried to address the Chiefs. Yeah, there. I mean, it's not like they haven't tried to address continuously the since Gettleman got there. First thing he did was pay Solder. Everyone hates it now. But if he didn't get Solder, there would have been a mutiny. That was the, the free agent signing he had to make because Solder had played at a high level on a, on very good teams, on great teams. Um, and he, he was just past his prime. And it was obvious before they signed him he was past his prime, but he, he became the highest-paid tackle at that time anyway. Draft Hernandez, eh, basically a bust, but not totally. You know, it's it's frustrating. What What about the Eagles? What Eagle news? in the last day or two, has come out that um, has caught your ear, has made you hopeful, has made you shake your head? It's a couple of things. Uh, The first being that, according to Adam Kaplan, the left tackle competition is really not one at all, with Jordan Mailata looking like the far better player, and actually him being considered, according to Adam Kaplan, being one of the best-looking players in camp so far. Which is, I mean, that's this is news because this is a seventh round pick who didn't put on a helmet till his first training camp, who had never played football before, and now is looking like one of the best players in camp. Um, so there's that, and uh, on the defensive side, Josh Sweat is seemingly coming on and having a terrific camp, and he is pushing Derek Barnett for the. Defensive, the the edge player opposite Brandon Graham. And Sweat has looked like a competent pass rusher in brief stints in the past. He has. He's been a very good situational pass rusher, especially long down and distance situations. Uh, for him, it's actually, and this goes back to college, it's really been durability. He had a gruesome leg injury in high school, which uh, impacted, I think, some of the offers that he got. He went to Florida State. Eagles took him in the fourth round of the 2018 draft. And this was a player that had tremendous talent, but he was not considered by a lot of teams because of the medical red flags on the knee. And at the time, he was considered, he was not considered a second contract player, which is to say, uh, you know, much like a Jay Ajayi, right. uh, who flashed right early in his career, but he's out of the league now because of the knees. Right, right, right. Um so that was the concern, but he's playing really well, and he is pushing Derek Barnett for that second uh, edge position that uh, to be an edge starter. But I don't know if he's an every-down player. You know, like I like him on the uh, second and long, third down passing situations. I don't really – he's good in the run. Barnett's better, and from the durability standpoint, I kind of get leery of – but then you, you just plug Barnett in anyway. Assuming so, to bring this full circle, assuming that uh, the Eagles are what actually having true position battles in these two mm-hmm. spots, right? It's not well. We'll give uh, Malata a chance, but really Dillard's the first round pick, so he's going to start Week One, right? Assuming it's not that. It is not that. Okay, and would you say the same for Sweat and Barnett? The competition is much closer between the two. Okay, so but, you think the edge might go to the the highly drafted guy, basically. But also, th- there's room for three pass rushers on any team. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, right. This you're not swapping. You're not moving in and out left tackles. Right. 
Although the Giants did do it on right tackle <laughs> last year. To some success, it actually worked. That is crazy to do that. I think it's going to happen again this year. <laughs> it's, so, it's so wild. Um, but, yeah, so you can certainly do it and raise fewer eyebrows on the defensive <laughs> yes. side that of the ball. That part's definitely true. Um, but, yeah, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, That is, again, why I am looking forward to Thursday's preseason game because I want to see who the starters are and I want to see who is not starting but gets a lot of playing time and how well they do. Right, right, right. Yeah, I mean, again, Eagles presumed bad team, right? Just from a, a yeah, uh, dude, NFL I'm, standpoint. I'm, I'm, I'm getting in that hole, though. Um, oh, you're hearing the good. And, I'm and hearing the, Well, no, no. I the According to um, – Elliot Shore Parks for WIP. The offense is looking bad. <laughs> <laughs> Their defense isn't even supposed to be that good. Uh, the de- I think the defense is going to be. I think it'll be a better than good. better than it was last year. Definitely, I, definitely I agree with better. That. But they got to stay healthy, which was the They've problem. They got to stay year. healthy. Uh, what I'm really excited about with the Eagles' defense is there's going to be so much more disguise and. Like like pre snap disguise. Okay. And this is quintessential, like Mike Zimmer stuff, right? Jonathan Gannon comes from the Mike Zimmer. Gotcha. Uh, coaching tree, where you know with Zimmer, like there's a lot of pre snap movement, and there's a lot of disguise from you know, like these guys, like the double A gap blitz, um, not knowing where the pressure might be coming from. Schwartz did none of that. Schwartz was it was straight up rush. It was just line them up, right? We're never we're never blitzing. <laughs> we're rushing for. Uh, we're playing man on the outside, and that's it. Can I caution you with your optimism, but not totally, but not totally? So Patrick Graham, who is now seen and mm. as a second uh, or um, a head coaching candidate going the next season, um came to the Giants last year from Miami where he had a good defense but Miami two years ago did the same thing the Giants did last year same stuff kind of complex kind of you know a lot of pre-snap movement Mm -hmm. a lot of disguises on third down the Giants defense was fucking terrible the first six or seven weeks last Mm. year the Dolphins defense of two years ago remember how they got torched like 45 to 13 by the Ravens week one two years ago that defense was terrible the first six or seven weeks of the season, and then it clicked, right? So, <laughs> don't be shocked. <laughs> Listen. Um, also, when did the Giants play the Eagles? I hope it's early. <laughs> <laughs> I actually don't think it's so later in the I think season. Bo- I think the Eagles, two, both Eagle-Giant games are late, and they close week 17. No, no, that's not true. Actually, they do play week 17, I think. That makes week sense. 18 is yeah. Washington, though, at uh, New York. For the Giants, obviously. Oh, so do, ooh, so perhaps the Eagles close the season with the Cowboys. They, they do, they do. Yeah. The NFL has held true to their last week of the season is a divisional game, and actually, the Giants' last three home games, not games of the season, but last three home games are uh, division games. They do not play. I believe it's Dallas, Philly, Washington in that order, and they do not play them until December or later. Yeah. So uh, we'll close with this. The first meeting between the Eagles and the Giants. The Giants host the Eagles on. November twenty eighth. Oh, maybe it's Eagles Cowboys. Gotcha. So okay. that could be actually maybe that's a sort of perhaps Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving game. It is. No. Yes, it is. It has to be. There's this only logical conclusion. The it is the Thanksgiving weekend game. Or it's on a sat- Sunday, right? Does it say? It, so 
Assuming that, that uh, oh yeah okay so it is uh, it's this it's Thanksgiving a, it's a Sunday. Sunday yeah so yeah oh, I would love it on Thanksgiving uh, but the, they, they I of hate course the Giants on Thanksgiving they lose that's Cowboys territory they fuck the Cowboys Cowboys uh, and Lions yeah they can have it you can see you can see Guff just get absolutely crushed they're gonna be so bad this year <laughs> I think he starts all seventeen games though Guff yeah yeah, yeah he, he he doesn't get hurt he doesn't you know he doesn't get hurt. Uh, and then they don't play again till uh, the day after Christmas. Gotcha. So we get two holiday games. Uh, maybe we'll get we'll, we'll get together for uh, at least one of those. That'd be great. Hell yeah! And you know, unless well, if they're both bad, then it's easy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, presu- yeah, I mean, presumably, if uh, it'll be bad when the good team, whichever one it might be, or the in competition, then neither will be good. In the competition team, the one that's still alive loses to the one that's out. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be bad. Uh, or uh, satisfying. Until then, this has been the Heavy Football Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Stay heavy. Uh, please rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcast channel.